dog shite. God, Tommy Fury, God love him. I love his family. I think they're all fucking good peoples and that whatever. But he was absolutely dog shite. Kept doing the same thing every time, running in with that fucking big right hand. KSI's fucking. I just it was just shite. Honestly, KSI was even shiter. Do you think he won? Who won? Hell won, because we're all living in hell right now. Hell won, because no one's winning. Trust me, it was shite. It was shite. It was. It was embarrassing. Trust me, it was embarrassing. Well, what's your next move? There's some serious dudes coming across this, Mike. Muppets, throw muppets, throw absolute muppets. They say a lot of stuff, and then when you turn up like me, I'm turning up now. They're fucking sad, I mean, mate. They just don't say nothing. They're just muppets, mate. There's another serious dude who's just bounced into the scene, Mike Perry. He seems to be able to fight anyone. You, 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 you must want it. You must want it. He, he wants a bit, doesn't he? Like, God, you, you two have spoke before, though, potentially. No, no? Mike Perry wanted to fight with me, so I wanted to fight back with him, and that's it. We went to the hotel and we had a straightener. When I say straightener, for all of you Americans out there, we had a fucking tear up. Hi, and welcome back to the Number One Podcast in the sport where. We don't know whether we're going to let the YouTubers in or keep them out. And, you know, people are seeing the money, but they're seeing the principle and they don't know which way to turn. And most people are trying to trying to keep both feet in both camps, which is impossible, right? But I think this is almost that final wake-up call to boxing to get his house in order. So let's just, let's just go back to Saturday. And Misfits had their show, I think it was up in Manchester, um, sold out arena. And... From what I hear, that was a legitimate sellout. That wasn't a that wasn't a matchroom sellout. That wasn't a we gave loads of tickets to kids and schools and stuff. It wasn't that. It was a legit sellout again. So let's let's praise that and say that whatever these kids are doing, it's working. Now, in terms of the fights themselves, probably only worth focusing on Logan Paul and KSI, right? So Logan Paul fights Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis had a look at Logan Paul Rear, so he's a lot bigger in real life than he looks on TV, and just didn't know what to do in a full arena where the crowd were baying. And he, he folded under pressure. Fight was horrible. Um, the ending was embarrassing, I'd say. But I say embarrassing with my old man hat on. Right? I can imagine if you're young, you're getting hyped about that. Just a bit of mayhem, a bit of chaos. That's what you've paid your money for, and they delivered that. And then we had KSI versus Tommy Fury. Now, for the record, <laughs> let me be honest. When KSI steps out of a lime green Ferrari with the, with the light details on it, and Giggs is singing the unofficial national anthem as he's walking down the ring, and you just what, you're watching that entrance and you're saying, that's top tier. That, that's in that kind of Kell Brook, all of the lights level. And this is a YouTuber. So, my question always goes back to this. Even if you ignore the in-ring product, everything else Misfits does is light years ahead of what we're used to in boxing. We're, we're getting shortchanged in boxing from an entertainment perspective, from a build-up perspective. Um, I spoke to someone who was there. That arena was full. For, for most of the night, that arena was full. There wasn't anyone skulking off to get a few pints and then just show up for the main event like you get in the UK. That arena was full. We don't get that in boxing. Example, you had Ellie Scottney boxing in front of like 900 people or whatever it was because she boxed first. That, uh, I don't think that happens on a Misfits show. 
So there are a lot of things that this is exposing in terms of boxing that if if we don't address these things, boxing is just going to be a sport that exists in the backwater alongside kabaddi and probably netball, maybe korfball actually. I think netball is probably more mainstream. And so we can talk about the in-ring action. I was surprised that Tommy Fury couldn't handle KSI better. The people are making this defense that uh, KSI is a novice. Uh, Tommy couldn't figure him out. Like, no, 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 no. I don't think it was that. I think the truth came out. And the truth is KSI is better. KSI is stronger. KSI is smarter in a boxing ring than people give him credit for. Now, we can say what we want about KSI, but the guy's been doing this. I'm trying to think to, to a sensible parallel. There are kids who are going to do the ABAs next year. And KSI started boxing before them. And it's not like he hasn't been dedicated, by the way. It's not like he hasn't had the best trainers. It's not like he hasn't had the best facilities. And it's not like he hasn't had damn good sparring. KSI, he's a novice of sorts, but he's not a raw novice, if that makes sense. So would you put KSI in for a British light heavyweight title fight, super middleweight title fight? No. No. But it wouldn't be fair because he's not a specialist. But there's some, there, there's some, there's some lower-ranked British fighters you'd put KSI in with for a four-rounder, for a six-rounder, and he'd be competitive and he'd potentially win. You know, this isn't, this isn't someone chancing their arm. And I've said the same thing about Jake Paul. They may not be you know, the embodiment of finesse. They may not be the embodiment of perfect technique. But they can do what they need to do. Well, sorry, they can do what they have to do. And you saw that. He was able to, to make life awkward for Tommy Fury. And people say, ah, oh, he was messy. And I'm saying, well, if you've been told for years that Tommy Fury is this amazing boxer, this guy who could win a world title in sort of like conventional pro boxing, why are you going to try and make it a boxing contest? You're not. You're going to come in with your advantages, which he did. And I thought he was able to impose his game plan on Tommy, and Tommy was not able to impose his game plan. And I think that's smart. You know, I, I, I would have had it a draw. Point deduction makes, makes a huge difference, obviously. But I'm not... I don't get why people are upset, because I, I go back to the genesis of this, right? So... I remember KSI popping into the lodge when he wanted to learn how to box yeah, for the first fight. And I've never heard him say the thing he was doing should become part of pro boxing. He's never said that. <laughs> I can be absolutely clear about this. He has never cared about hardcore boxing fans. He's never cared about being accepted by by boxing fans. He's never cared about being accepted by the people who listen to a show like this, for example. He doesn't care. His audience don't care. None of his operation cares whether I'm there. They don't care whether I fell are there. They don't care whether seconds out are there. You're not affecting the sales. You're not affecting the pay-per-view buys. Remember when they experimented with having boxers on there and they thought, well, if we make this more legitimate from a boxing perspective. I think that was in LA when Shannon Briggs slapped someone. And it didn't do anything for the numbers. In fact, it, it, it hindered the operation because people were trying to tell them what to do. 
when they know their market, they know their audience, they know what the audience needs. And when they got rid of Eddie Hearn, the revenue went up. Now they've got their own platform separate from Matchroom. They don't need Matchroom. They, they, proved, they proved their concept over years. This wasn't just a flash in the pan. They proved it over years and they said, we don't need boxing. They've told people, we don't need boxing. And so DAZN said, cool, we'll bring you on board. Because if you don't need boxing, the audience you possess is your own. We, we want that audience. We want them to subscribe to DAZN as well. And so this is why I don't believe, you know, a group of boxers. Let's just say, let's take our light heavyweights. Let's just imagine Spider, Dan Aziz, Josh Boatsy, Anthony Yard go, right, we're going to do our own promotional company. We're all going to fight on the same night, yada, 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 yada. I don't think they'd have the same movement because these guys already had a fan base before they moved into boxing. They, they, they were known for other stuff. Boxing is just kind of like a side avenue for them. You know, all the people criticizing, I love this, all the people criticizing KSI, all the people criticizing Logan Paul, remember when your kids were desperate for that prime, when your kids were paying a five or a bottle for prime. The, the same people. So boxing's a small thing to them. They can, the audience will follow them wherever they go. And it's a lesson that keeps getting shared and people in boxing keep ignoring it. You have to create your own fan base that sits outside of boxing. Yeah. And to do that, you've got to be vulnerable with your audience. To do that, you've got to be willing to share with your audience. And now the problem you have in boxing is people are scared to do that because there's some old guy with grey hair, um, you know, probably still trying to dress like a football hooligan, telling them you shouldn't do that, it's not good for boxing. Well, no, no, it's good for your bank balance. And at a time when boxing is struggling, someone's got to break the mold because I can see, I can see this misfits thing lasting for a while. It will last until the first major disaster. Someone gets a bleed on the brain. Someone gets taken to hospital. You know, God forbid anything fatal happens. But something will happen because these matches are dangerous. And I know that there are checks that happen beforehand for the record. There are checks. So it's not like this is just a free-for-all. But you're taking people whose life hasn't been dedicated to taking punches and you're asking them to take punches. That's very dangerous. And I think that's why you're seeing the profile of Misfits shows changing. So guys like Mike Perry are showing up. Guys like Idris Virgo are getting more prominent positions. Darren Till's coming in. You're now bringing in guys who you hope have some kind of physical resilience to combat because that de-risks the operation without actually holding it back. But if you look at all of that stuff, that misfits thing, and people will shoot it down. And I always say, they don't care about us. They don't care about our opinion. They don't need us to watch. They don't need us to have an opinion on anything to do with misfits. Misfits is a viable business without the boxing audience. And they've held that firm line from the start. And if you notice, boxing has gone to them. Boxing Social, when they were in LA, went to them. That's where you had those crazy bazinga numbers which didn't add up yeah boxing went to them eddie hearn went to them saturday night talk sport went to them and asked can we broadcast this i don't believe anyone on the talk sport audience wanted that no one said oh man can you go and capture the the ksi 
versus Tommy Fury fight. No one did because the TalkSport audience is normally, like if you look at the demographic they go after, it's middle-aged men aged like 35 plus. That's not the demographic for um, KSI versus Tommy Fury. So you almost wonder why are you doing it? They're doing it because they need to be part of it. They're feeling left out. That's the harsh reality of it. They are feeling left out. So you look at who was there. Paul Smith was there. And I think Paul Smith had the most balanced view of this. You can't be mad at people for making a few quid. He's, I think but his words were, as long as they don't try and associate themselves with boxing, which they've never done, by the way. You know, calling out Canelo and stuff is fine. It's, it's a bit of fun, but they've never tried to. They've, I don't think they've gone for board licenses. I don't think they've tried anything like that because they can't be bothered. You know, they, you can't dismiss something and then when it works, say, oh, well, you need to be part of what we're doing. So I, I 100% get why they're doing what they do. But Paul Smith is balanced. Look, these guys are making money. If a boxer were to make money off of YouTube or from streaming on Twitch, we'd all congratulate them and say, fair play. Not, you, you wouldn't really accept some Twitcher going, I can't believe these boxers are coming in, nicking our money. So you're seeing all of these guys um, getting upset about it. But I like the more progressive guys like Paul Smith, the, the guys like Kevin Agiaco who are like, mm, let them do what they do. But it's just a reminder that these guys, like, I don't think they've had 20 pro fights between them. And they're selling out arenas. Meanwhile, you've got all of these boxers, yeah, all of these boxers, who genuinely believe they're stars, who genuinely believe there's something special. Can't do 300 tickets at your call. They were, yeah? You've got people criticizing KSI and Tommy Fury that can't do 300 tickets. What's their excuse? Truth is, no one cares about them. And the reason no one cares is... The same reason no one cares about, I mean, that guy you can see walking across the road. You don't care about him. Why? Because he's never given you a reason to care. And I guess this explains the rot in boxing. And let me talk broader about, you know, the, the issues we've got in the sport. So let's look at where we're at. Like, if you go to America, it looks like Showtime are, if they're not pulling out of boxing, they're retreating. And they'll be focused more on the pay-per-view side. And they'll give as little for free as they can. HBO are long gone. Um, no appetite to return. Don't see a business case for returning into boxing. You look at ESPN with top rank. They're bubbling along, but they probably have the, the best stable of prospects on the planet right now. And then you've got Matchroom and Golden Boy on the zone who are slowly hemorrhaging money. And it's just about winding down these contracts and getting rid of them. Al Heyman at some point will pull out of boxing because he doesn't need it. And he can't get access to a star of the caliber of Floyd Mayweather, as cruel as that sounds. Come over to the UK. Um, and let's be savagely honest. Sky's an absolute mess. Um, uh, example. Aziz Boatsy fight week, it's Tuesday morning. I haven't heard much from Ben Shalom. Right? 
it's been, you know, like I saw Dan Aziz at at Highbury, not Highbury, the Emirates. Why did I say Highbury? Jesus. I saw Dan at the Arsenal game. Sky were at the Arsenal game. Why wouldn't you get Dan on the pitch? He's fighting on your channel. You know, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing at that organization. I look at some of the 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 match making the decisions. You know, we now need to go and revisit that Fraser Clark versus um, Fabio Wardley situation because, from what I heard, that fight had been agreed, and that was going to happen until Ben said no. Now. Who in the organization did that to make Ben look stupid? You know, who in the organization encouraged the phone call with Billy Joe Saunders to be leaked? It now I'd, I don't know Ben personally like that, but I feel for him. It feels like people are coming for him. I, I always worry when I see a young guy in a situation and he's being wrapped around with real experienced heads. But these are all ambitious heads as well who who want some kind of what do you call it leverage in the game so my question is is everyone working to make boxer look good or they're working to make sky look good because the, the the energy coming out of sky at the moment is once the the contract with boxer is done that's it done sky don't want to spend money on boxing they don't see the value at the moment um we may end up with just your call fights and mirtha tidville leisure center fights again i think we're going back to those sorts of dark ages, unless they can get Hearn back on board, which you imagine that's how it's going to end. I just have a feeling that the the, the zone thing is it's not going to work out for Matchroom. Um, Box is not going to work out for Sky, and everyone's just going to go right. Let's go back to what we know. And so, what's the root of that? The real question is, what is the root of all of this in the UK? And the answer is very simple. When Eddie. When Eddie had that exclusive deal with Sky, what, Ma what Sky knew was Eddie wouldn't make these decisions himself. His old man was there. So you always knew that the profitability of a show, the profitability of a fighter would be considered. You didn't have to second guess what the Hearns would do. So if they told you, look, you need to pay Anthony Joshua this much because once we get him, here's all the money we think we can make. And, you know, Hearns Sr., knows enough people at Sky and has proven himself enough times that they said, okay, cool. So Eddie's never been a guy to overpromise and underdeliver. Now, maybe Ben's done that. I don't know. Maybe Ben's gone in and offered people deals at numbers that didn't make sense. And what it now means is there's no money to, to build anyone else. Because if you notice, they're not building anyone. Right? 2023, the, the bets that Sky made were... Coley, because they prized him out of that contract. Boatsy prized him out of his contract. Dan Aziz, who they've pushed France, Italy, da 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 da. Caroline Dubois, Adam Azim, right? So there was a real leaning towards, right, let's just sort of pal up with the McGuigans, try and pal up with Ben Davison if we can. They were really going to be the, the Sky Sports promoters, of, uh, trainers of choice. Hasn't quite worked out that way because it's a bit more fractured than people thought. So that was, like, these were the bets. So Okoli's lost. Um, one of Aziz or Boatsy is going to lose on Saturday, sadly. 
um, whoever wins that fights for world title. So there's upside there. Um, Adam Azim seems to be getting injured at a young age, which is always a red flag to me. Caroline Dubois, talented to heaven and back. But, you know, outside of that, is she engaged in the wider world? Not necessarily. Um, so you look at all of that and you go, that the stable's not moving forward. And you've got, you got I call experienced operators in the game like Al Siesta and, and Kev. You've got you've got those guys now. You've got guys wrapped around him. Um, think John Wish is still there, passing on wisdom. But you've got guys wrapped around who should be able to make stuff happen. But someone's got to be thinking about the proposition. And I don't think anyone's looked at Sky Sports Boxing from a product perspective. What are you giving the fans? What's the fight week experience? What's the fight night experience? What makes it special? Apart from rehashing what you did with Matchroom, what makes it special? So they tried the heat map that lasted like one event until it turned out it made absolutely no sense. I know that Sky Sports are looking at Jabber. Um, it's like an AI-enabled tool that, in theory, can tell you how many punches were thrown and what types of punches were thrown. Um, I've had a look. The, the theory looks good, but the fact that it hasn't launched yet would tell you that there's still some work to do. So that they're thinking in those terms somewhere down the line, but we're not getting that product view that says, Here's how you excite fans again. And I, I, to me, I think you close, you close shop for now. We don't have people good enough to be world champions. We just don't. Don't, don't at me. We don't have people good enough to be world champions with five or more defenses. Don't at me. We do not. Now, but people say Fury, but Fury's on the downside now. So there'd be no shame in keeping things in Britain for a while building up just British rivalries, let these guys fight each other before they get out the country. You know, stop all this WBA international, stop all of these kind of plastic belts and just have British guys fight each other, build them up. Right? Just do that. Because that's the only way you're going to save this is by having two or three fighters this country can get behind because we can say they're the best in this country. The other thing we need to start doing is just Sky needs to start drug testing people. Look, look at the women's game. Like we're seeing women just dancing through weight classes, left, right, and center. No one's there going, how are they doing it? No one's asking, how are they doing it? And no one, no one cares that much that they don't even bother to test them. Because if a guy was jumping up and down the weights like that, you'd test the life out of him. That's a red flag. So all of these things just point to a sport in disarray and within Sky, it just looks like it's disarray and it, it lacks leadership. And the one thing it had when it had the deal with Matchroom between her and Adam Smith and Barney Francis, there was leadership. When that kind of triangle broke down, the leadership went and the show started to get terrible again. And they need to get back to that where there's someone like three wise men who are driving the vision. And I'm not seeing that at the moment, which is, which is sad. I don't take any pleasure in that, by the way. Because I want, I want to see good boxing, but there is none. But let's not absolve boxers of, of their sins. Like, when's the last time you saw a boxer put something interesting up? If anyone has seen an interesting bit of content from a boxer in the last four weeks, please feel free to forward it to me. You know, you know the locations. Because I haven't. 
I, I stand on record as saying, for me, the most compelling British boxer right now is David Adelaide because he's one of the few people who says stuff you want to hear. He's got that energy where you're like, I want to know what this guy does next. And, and that's what we don't have. We don't have enough of that. We've got all these guys who are media trained and say, oh, don't say anything. Don't say anything that's going to cause controversy. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, we don't want people complaining to Sky. We don't want people complaining to TNT. Yes, you do. Their marketing department want that too. They want something to happen. They want people to say to TNT, what are you going to do about this guy? And they'll just say, he's a boxer. What do you expect? It's fight week. Look at John Fury. As loose as they come, right? John Fury's as loose as they come. But you name me, someone in boxing who has more eyeballs on them than John Fury. Your people make fun of him. They criticize him. They do this. They do that. You can't fault his numbers. If John Fury fought someone his age, this country would watch. And there'll be all these people, and I'm sure it will happen at some point, where someone will reply to me and go, well, you know, he does this, he does that. But these are people who sit in the middle of nowhere. No one knows who they are. The people criticizing John Fury are anonymous in their own street. There's no pride in that, by the way. There's no shame in it either, but it's nothing to be proud of. You know, Always respect the person that puts themselves out there. Good, bad, indifferent doesn't matter. If they're prepared to take the criticism that comes with being out there, you've got to respect that. And we don't have enough of that in boxing. Like, O'Hara Davis tried it. Look what happened. Initially, Anthony Yard and Tunde tried it. Look what happened. And they said, nah. Nah, we're not doing this anymore. So I always wonder, is it that the boxers don't want to do it, or are boxing fans just that toxic? I, I think boxing fans are generally pretty toxic. Yeah, I think they're pretty toxic and we look for any reason to, to shoot someone down. You know, if Anthony Joshua fed the homeless, he'd be criticised for it. If Anthony Joshua didn't feed the homeless, he'd be criticised for it. If Anthony Joshua saved someone's life in Watford city centre, town centre, someone would find a reason to criticise him. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> after all of that, Let's look at it. Boxing fans love to criticize the very people that they follow. They love to criticize other boxing fans. They don't like to pay for events. They don't like to go to shows. They don't even like to socialize with each other. Five factors. The exact opposite of the proposition KSI brings, where it's friendly and people care about the fighters and they love the fact that these guys are imperfect. Um, it's not partisan, they've come for a good night and a fight, and they'll all be friends afterwards. And here we are, in the cesspit that is boxing Twitter, or just boxing fandom in general, and we wonder why there's no money in it. So maybe actually the, the journey starts with boxing fans being better supporters of boxers. I'll leave you on that thought, and I'll say, you know, have a great day, have a great rest of the week. Um, for anyone... That is going to Dan Aziz versus Josh Boatsy. I'll be there. I think, don't quote me on this, Theobald might be there as well. Um, yeah, I think there'll be a few people there. Be good if we could coordinate, but how, how we do that, I don't know. So I might tweet something or Instagram something in the middle of the week around that. But yeah, it'd be good to, to see a few people. Um, 
if you feel you're going to the show on your own, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. We'll try and coordinate something. So let me know, okay? And on that note, I will tap out and say, take care.